What makes a great leader great? How do we create a high-performing team? And when we say leader, we mean everyone, because everyone is leading their own life. Will yours be a life by design or a life by default? Those are the big questions, and this podcast will answer them. Welcome to the Becoming Your Best podcast, where we help you apply the 12 principles of highly successful leaders, because great leaders will produce great results. Hi, friends and listeners. As you start thinking about wrapping up 2020, finishing strong, of course, in this this year, but also beginning a new year, some of the thoughts you may have are, okay, how can I take advantage of a new, fresh year? How can I become my best? How can I increase my productivity 30 to 50%? And how can I be excellent in time management and to consistently do what matters most while having peace and balance in my life? Well, the 2021 Becoming Your Best Planner is designed to specifically help you and support you realize those dreams, whether you're working remotely in your office or or in the field. You can order your 2021 dated Becoming Your Best Planner now to help you get an early start on the new year. Simply go to becomingyourbest.com, hit the planner icon, and you will receive a 20% discount. Act now to start getting mentally set for a great 2021. Welcome to our podcast listeners, wherever you may be in the world today. This is Steve Schallenberger, your Becoming Your Best host, and we are thrilled to have you with us here today, especially during this grand time of year. Christmas is really a special holiday and a special time of year. It is, of course, a time to celebrate the birth of Jesus from Bethlehem. And what an extraordinary night and gift, unlike any other. A gift that has filled the earth with greater love, forgiveness, and hope eternal. It is a time that you and I can give gifts of love and consideration to others. And one of the greatest gifts that you can give is a changed life that emulates the life of Christ throughout the entire year. History has many wonderful stories that has really helped us understand better this time of Christmas and the lasting impact that it has, stories of hope and love. And, and during a year that has been one that, is, that the world will never forget, we all need a dose of hope and encouragement, light and realization that all is well. In today's podcast, I will share two such stories to illustrate this. The first took place in 1938 and the other in 1914. Others are taking place every single day, stories similar to these, now in our time and in our lives. And isn't it nice to recognize and be grateful for those acts of love and consideration, and in turn, to do small, quiet, kind acts for others? This is what makes the world a better place. Okay, well, let's go ahead and talk about this first story. It took place as the holiday season of 1938 came to Chicago. Bob May wasn't feeling much comfort or joy. A 34-year-old ad writer for Montgomery Wards, the department store, May was exhausted and nearly broke. 
His wife, Evelyn, was bedridden on the losing end of a two-year battle with cancer. This left Bob to look after their four-year-old daughter, Barbara. One night, Barbara asked her father, why isn't my mommy like everyone else's mommy? And as he struggled to answer his daughter's question, Bob remembered the pain of his own childhood. A small, sickly boy, he was constantly picked on and called names. But he wanted to give his daughter hope and show her that being different was nothing to be ashamed of. More than that, he wanted her to know that he loved her and would always take care of her. So he began to spin a tale about a reindeer with a bright red nose who found a special place on Santa's team. Barbara loved the story so much that she made her father tell it every night before bedtime. And as he did, it grew more elaborate. And because he couldn't afford to buy his daughter a gift for Christmas, Bob decided to turn the story into a homemade picture book. (laughs) And in early December, Bob's wife died. Though he was heartbroken, he kept working on the book for his daughter. And a few days before Christmas, he reluctantly attended a company party at McGunn Reward. His co-workers encouraged him to share the story he had written. And after he read it, there was a standing ovation. Everyone wanted copies of their own. Montgomery Ward bought the rights to the book from their debt-ridden employee. And over the next six years at Christmas, they gave away six million copies of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer to shoppers. (laughs) Every major publishing house in the country was making offers to obtain the book. And in an incredible display of goodwill... The head of the department store returned all rights to Bob May. Four years later, Rudolph had made him into a millionaire. And now remarried with a growing family, May felt blessed by his good fortune. But there was more to come. His brother-in-law, a successful songwriter named Johnny Marks, set the uplifting story to music. The song was pitched to artists from Bing Cosby, on down. They all passed. (laughs) And finally, Marx approached Gene Autry, the cowboy star that had scored a holiday hit with Here Comes Santa Claus (laughs) a few years before. And like the others, Autry wasn't impressed with the song about the misfit reindeer. Marx begged him to give it a second listen. Autry played it for his wife, Inna. She was so touched by the line that they wouldn't let poor Rudolph play in any reindeer games that she insisted that her husband record the tune. (laughs) Well, within a few years, it had become the second best-selling Christmas song ever, right behind White Christmas. And since then, Rudolph has come to life in TV specials, cartoons, movies, toys, games, coloring books, greeting cards, and even a Ringling Brothers circus act. The little red-nosed reindeer dreamed up by Bob May and immortalized in song by Johnny Marks has come to symbolize Christmas as much as Santa Claus, evergreen trees, and presents. As the last line of the song says, he'll go down in history. This is a great inspiration that There are tough times, and even for tough times, we keep trying to do good, build upon our own talents, lift others, serve others. 
This is the light that comes from shining in Christmas. Here's the second story. Some of you may have heard this equally as powerful and touching. It's the World War I Christmas truce. And look back now when the holiday spirit really prompted an in, impromptu ceasefire along World War I's Western Front. Charlie Brewer relates that he never expected to be spending Christmas Eve nearly knee-deep in the mud of northern France. Stationed on the front lines, the 19-year-old British lieutenant with the Bedfordshire Regiment of the 2nd Battalion shivered in a trench with his fellow soldiers. And after Great Britain entered World War I in August 1914, many of them had expected that they would make a quick work of the enemy and be home in time for Christmas. And nearly five months and one million lives later, however, the Great War had bogged down in intractable trench warfare with no end in sight. And I might add that my grandpa, John Robert Quarles, was in this war and in those trenches. Although disappointed to be far from home on Christmas Eve, Brewer at least took solace in the fact that the perpetual rain, (laughs) which made moving through the trenches as much of a slog as the war itself, had finally abated on the moonlight night. All was jarringly quiet on the Western Front when a British sentry suddenly spied a glistening light on the German parapet less than 100 yards away. Warned that it might be a trap, Brewer slowly raised his head over the soaked sandbags, protecting his position, and through the maze of the barbed wire and saw a sparkling Christmas tree. And as the lieutenant gazed down the line of the German trenches, a whole string of small conifers glimmered glimmered like beads on a necklace. Brewer then noticed the rising of a faint sound that he had never heard on the battlefield, a Christmas carol. The German words to Stillnach were not familiar, but the tune Silent Night certainly was. And when the German soldiers finished singing, Their foes broke out in cheers. Used to returning fire, the British now replied in song with the English version of this beautiful carol, Silent Night. When dawn broke on Christmas morning, something even more remarkable happened. In sporadic pockets along this 500-mile western front, unarmed German and Allied soldiers tentatively emerged from the trenches and cautiously crossed no man's land. The killing fields between the trenches, littered with frozen corpses, eviscerated trees, and deep craters, to wish each other a Merry Christmas. Political leaders had ignored the call of Pope Benedict XV to cease fighting around Christmas, but soldiers in the trenches decided to stage their own unofficial, spontaneous armistice anyway. Far from an organized top-down ceasefire, the Christmas truce instead was a series of small armistices that bubbled up from the men in the foxholes deciding to fraternize with the enemy. We shook hands, wished each other a Merry Christmas, and were soon conversing as if we had known each other for years, British Corporal John Ferguson wrote of the encounter between his Seaforth Highlanders and the German forces. Here we were laughing and chatting to men whom only a few hours before we were trying to kill. 
almost always, it was the Germans who at least indirectly invited the truce, writes Stanley Winthrop in his book, Silent Night, the story of the World War truce of Christmas. That was partly because the Germans were winning the war at that point, and many of the troops had worked in Great Britain before the war and could speak English. The soldiers exchanged makeshift gifts such as cigarettes and chocolates and sausages and liquor and plum puddings and likely swapped stories about the miseries of war. German soldiers in hoop lines even rolled barrels of beer that they had seized from a nearby brewery across no man's land to the British trenches where, according to the British soldier, Frank Richards, they raised toasts to one another's health and united in agreement that French beer was rotten stuff. (laughs) Well, in some cases, this strip of death between the trenches even came alive with a pickup soccer game. It was an extraordinary time, and as they thought about this, and their hearts were warm with really the message of Christ, they had an experience they would never forget. As the sun set on Christmas, the fighters retreated to their respective trenches. A few ceasefires actually held into New Year's Day. And in most locations, however, the war resumed on December 26 at 8.30 a.m. In hoop lines, Captain Charles Stockwell on the, of the 2nd Royal Welsh Fuselers fired three shots into the air and raised a flag that read, Merry Christmas. His German counterparts raised a flag that read, thank you. The two men then mounted the parapets, saluted each other, and returned to their sodden trenches. Stockwell wrote that his counterpart then fired two shots into the air, and unfortunately, the war was on again. The guns of World War I did not fall silent again until the signing of the armistice on November 11, 1918, almost four years later. The Christmas truce, however, provided an unforgettable memory for many such as the British soldier who confessed in a letter the following day, I wouldn't have missed that experience, the experience of yesterday, for the most gorgeous Christmas dinner in England. This is a special time of year, a time where people may be uncertain about the future because of the ravages of COVID-19 that's taken place that's affected everyone in the world. They may be hurting and discouraged. People everywhere, people that you wouldn't think would feel that way. There is a reason to hope because everything will come out all right. This is the hope of the light of Christmas and that everything will be okay again. And it's also an example of the life of Christ and that he will come again. Everything will work out. You can serve, inspire others, and provide a gentle hand up during this Christmas season with your own family, friends, and those in need. Reach out and lift, living the golden rule, listening to another, and holding on to the hope of a grand future as we never give up. To end this podcast today, I'd like to have us reflect on what would have maybe been happening that evening and that day in uh, World War I so long ago. 
and undoubtedly has been repeated many times since, as I share with you the words of the song, Silent Night. And you can sing along if you want. (laughs) Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round yon virgin mother and child. Holy infant so tender and mild, sleep in heavenly peace, sleep in heavenly peace. Merry Christmas to each one of you. At the beginning of this podcast, I mentioned that you can now order your 2021 planners. Uh, You're going to love them. They're 100% guaranteed. And you can uh, order those through becomingyourbest.com. Hit the planner icon for the 20% discount. and It'll take you right to the page and you can order. All right. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. Would you like help to apply the 12 principles of highly successful leaders in your life, in your family, or in your organization? Call us today at 888-690-8764 to speak with a helpful representative to evaluate your situation and how we can help. Or you can visit becomingyourbest.com. Whether it's a corporate training event, keynote, workshop, trainer certification, or personal coaching, It would be our pleasure to serve your needs. Once again, call 888-690-8764 or visit becomingyourbest.com today.